The Old Testament reading for Ramana Sherry, the second Sunday in Lent, is from Genesis chapter 32, beginning at the 22nd verse. The same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket. And Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. The Epistle is from Romans chapter 5, beginning at the first verse. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Lord Jesus, or through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The Holy Gospel is written in the 15th chapter of St. Matthew, beginning at the 21st verse. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and cried, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely possessed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away. She is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, 
O woman, great is your faith. Be it done to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed that very hour. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So he removed his mittens, and he unbuttoned his coat, and then unwrapped his face cloth, and he folded it and put it inside his trousers. And then he reached into uh, into his clothing and pulled out another piece of clean cloth, and in there he unwrapped a piece of bread. And he placed the, 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 the cloth over his chest so that not one crumb would fall to the ground. The bread was warm. His body had warmed it. The frost hadn't gotten to it. More than once during his life in the Russian gulag, during his time in prison camp in the Soviet Union, why he was arrested, who knows? He didn't really know ever. Shukov had recalled the way he used to eat in the village before his arrest. The pots full of potatoes, the vegetables, the, the meat in the early days at least, and oh, the, the milk, the milk you could drink till you were bursting. But that's not the way to eat, no. No, in the camps, in the gulag, he learned how to eat. How you eat is this, you take your bread and you, you nibble the crust. You nibble that crust and you take those crumbs and you work them with your tongue and then you put them in your cheek and you suck out all the goodness. And you think about each crumb as you are chewing it. You dwell on it. That is how you eat. And when he lived in the village before his arrest, he never understood that. So writes Alexander Solzhenitsyn in his book, The Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich. And the Canaanite woman, she understands what Solzhenitsyn is writing about in his character, Shukov. She too is savoring a crumb of, of bread that is going to fall from her master's table. She hasn't gotten it yet. But she's kneeling at Jesus' feet and she knows that crumb will come. She's already savoring it, already, already, already chewing it and enjoying it and thinking about it. Even though Jesus is trying to get her to leave, even though he's discouraging her, he's telling her it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Incredible, isn't it? What an insult. And we think that God will hear our prayers and that God will never discourage us. And yet here, what's happening? Jesus is insulting this woman. She's got a demon-possessed daughter. And he's calling her a dog. Now, that's significant. So we, we Westerners, you know, because we're kind of Northern Europeans, we, most of us, a lot of us, we like dogs. But in the Middle East, the Far East, the, 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 those who are Semitic, a dog is, is, is disgusting. A dog is, it, it eats carrion and garbage. It is, it is worse than a wolf. I mean, it is just, because it's, it's just disgusting. To call someone a dog is like the, one of the best insults, one of the worst things you could tell to somebody. Especially, you want to have an Arab or a, or a Hebrew hate you, a Jew hate you, call him a dog. And Jesus is calling this woman a dog. We see this in the scriptures. The word dog is never, almost never a positive. Occasionally, almost never a positive. As, as, as Goliath, the giant, says to David, 
when, when David comes towards him to fight him, right? David's got his staff and his sling. And Goliath the, of Gath, Goliath the giant says, Am I a dog? That you come at me with a stick? And then he proceeds to curse him in, all the, all the, in the name of all his gods. Or what, what Hazael said to, to Elijah the prophet, what, what is your servant, a dog? That he should do this gross thing? But Jesus mitigates his harshness a little bit because he doesn't call her a, a kion, a dog, a normal dog, like a, a wild dog in the street that eats the garbage, but rather he calls her a, a kynarion, a, a house dog, you know, like one of those, those yippy little things that like lives in your house and stuff. And I, some people like these things. I'm more of an outside dog person, so I really don't, I mean, I don't understand, I don't understand it. But, but if you like them, that's good. That's good for you, you know. I'm okay. I'm supportive. But it's a kynarian, a house dog, like a, like a lopso-opso or something. Do you understand that? Okay. And, and, that, and that's, what he's, that's what Jesus uses. So and what, and the reason he's doing this, it's thought maybe that Jesus is showing her that, that within the house of Israel, that within the, the, the household of God, within heaven, there is also a place for Gentile believers, those who hear the word of God and believe it. Though Jesus' primary mission is not to Gentiles, it's to the Hebrew people, the sons of Israel, yet, yet those who hear the word, some of those people will also be converted. And she accepts this. She's okay with it. She doesn't want to take the Hebrew's place. She's happy with merely crumbs. That's why she says, even the little dogs, the house dogs, eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She doesn't want to sit at the table. She's happy like Shukov just to nibble the crumbs. Just the crumbs are fine. Whatever God will allow to fall to her. And this is incredible, isn't it? It's incredible. It's incredible. Because despite Jesus' discouraging words to her, this woman is displaying no resentment, no sullenness. She, she just instantly makes the offer, the reply, dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. It's really, it's really quite extraordinary that this, this Canaanite woman, she's not even an ethnic Hebrew, she dutifully recognizes both the priority of Israel and Jesus' obligation towards it. And she does not want to diminish Israel's privilege, their, their position, but she desires only a superfluous crumb, right? Right? She accepts her secondary status among the house as a dog. At the same time, she raises the possibility of being fed with the same food that feeds the children. What profound humility of faith. Incredible. And that's the problem, isn't it? That's what's so unacceptable, isn't it? See, this is why Christianity is so problematic. Because you see, we don't want secondary status, we want to be like gods, knowing good and evil. Within each one of our hearts, there is a spirit that says, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above God. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the reaches of the far north, and I will ascend above the tops of the clouds, and I will make myself like the Most High. And how do we know this? 
We know this because of our self-centered choices, of our selfishness. That's how we know this, don't we? We know this because we're offended at each other. We know this because we're selfish towards each other. We live as if God did, it, did not matter and as if we mattered most, right? Because you see, selfishness is the opposite of God. Jesus Christ, God the Son, demonstrates to us as the image of God, as the image of the Father, He demonstrates to us that He is selfless. I mean, the point of Jesus Christ choosing our life over His own and, and, and subordinating His own existence to ours by dying on the cross is a demonstration of what your, your worth to Him is. He loves you more than His own life. Because greater, no, greater love hath no man than to lay down his life for his friends. And I no longer call you my servants, I call you my friends, because a servant does not know what his master is doing. The cross is the great conviction of us at the same time as our great salvation. You see... If we want to be like the most high, if, if, if we are the most important person in our own life, then we will be brought down to the Sha'ol. Because I, the Lord, I'm, I, because I am the Lord, saith the Lord in Isaiah 42.8, that is my name and I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. You shall have no other gods before me. Yes, I am the Lord and there is no savior besides me, God says in Isaiah 43, 11. And the Canaanite woman, she understands this. She gets it. Do we? Do we understand this? Now, she understands that she is a poor, miserable sinner. That's the reason why she kneels at Jesus' feet and asks only for crumbs. And she underlines this by referring to herself not merely as a dog, but agreeing that she's a house dog, a kynarion, not a, not a kion. Someone who believes upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know from scriptures that whoever believes upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved, will be saved. And she evidences this faith. She confesses this faith before, before the Lord and before men. She calls Jesus her Lord in this gospel lesson. And we know from scriptures that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 3. Romans 10 verse 9. We see the same thing. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So what is our conclusion of this Canaanite woman? She's saved. She possesses eternal life. In fact, Jesus praises her faith. Great is your faith. Let it be done to you as you desire. And her, her daughter was, was freed from the demon possession at that, at that very moment. But that confronts us with a crucial question. Are we saved? I mean, she was saved by grace through faith. Are we? Are we? I mean, do we desire to come to Christ's table and to receive his crumbs of his own body and blood given to us under bread and wine in holy communion to eat and drink for the forgiveness of our sins? Or do we despise that table? Think it's unimportant. 
I mean, do we look at the waters of holy baptism and see only plain water, the same water that waters your lawn or is, or is given to the cattle, as Luther says? Or do we see there the rebirth of everlasting life, the, the womb of Christ's bride, the church, the, the new genesis of salvation? Do we value Christ's gifts as the Canaanite woman or do we despise them? An interesting question, right? One, one that we must confront. You see, the problem is we, we become so busy with the chances and efforts of this world's priorities and demands that we, we forget the value of Christ's benefits. And this anonymous Canaanite woman is a person who is reminding us, calling us back to the importance of these, these truths as she waits at Jesus' feet like a dog. And we see in her waiting the fulfillment that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and they shall not faint. Isaiah 40, verse 31. Yes, God proves to us through this Canaanite woman that he satisfies us with good things so that our youth is renewed like eagles. Yes, we see this. Because Jesus answered and said to her, A woman, great is your faith. Let it be done to you as you desire. And the daughter was healed that very hour. Yes, we watch as Jesus answers her prayer. But nothing has really changed. His mission is still to the lost sheep of the tribe of Israel. Tribes of Israel. But he gives into her, he gives into her pleas, not because of her wit, not because of her persistence, but because of her faith. Great is your faith. The real miracle of this story is this Canaanite woman's faith. Where so many of his own people, so many of the house of Israel do not believe. This Canaanite, this, this person who comes from a people group that God and Joshua had, had ordained to be annihilated, believes where the people who are supposed to be the believers do not. Yes, it's her faith. She is justified by her faith. And this is also the great breakthrough in theology that occurred to Luther as he scrubbed floors in the monastery and beat himself and starved himself and was trying to make himself good enough to be, to be acceptable to God. He finally realized in Habakkuk 2 verse 4 that the just shall live by faith. By my righteous one will live by faith. Hebrews 10 verse 38. And what is authentic faith? What is true faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things that are not seen. Right? Again, the crumbs that fall from the master's table. For what is, what is holy communion? But crumbs, common bread, unimpressive wine. We don't see anything there. But we know through God's word that that is the body of Christ given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. That that cup, that wine is the blood of Christ given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. It's literally the New Testament. The same is true with holy baptism. That we are born again of water in the spirit. Though it doesn't look like much of a rebirth to the world. And the same with God's word. 
Whoever believes upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be faith, shall be, shall be saved. And if we believe this, then the same judgment that Christ gave to this Canaanite woman, great is your faith, let it be done to you according to your desire, is the same judgment that is given to us. In the name of Jesus, amen.